Welcome back to CC Airwaves. Last month, we discussed complicated grief, and this month, we're following up with mental health awareness. Joining me, as always, is Katie Rosen, and also joining us is Rhonda Abrams. Yeah, I think this is a really important talk about um, important topic to talk about because so many people suffer from mental illness in um, our country and the world, and um, grief and mental illness are so closely attached in many cases. So um, today, our goal is to break down what those things are, the difference between what um, quote unquote normal grief is and what constitutes a mental illness, and then um, at the end here, provide some guidance on how to um, approach mental illness or kind of. Navigate your grief journey in a way that hopefully will do you away from mental illness as a result from your grief. So um, just to get us started, Rhonda, could you give some context to mental illness like as it is today and who it affects? Right. Um, thank you for inviting me today about this very important topic. Um, coming on this side of the pandemic, where we're just coming out with the um vaccinations and safer protocols, we can look back a year and see what we've come through with all of the changes and the losses that we had, secondary losses. It had a big impact on our mental health. Whether or not we know it or were personally affected by it, it, it affects each one of us. Some of the statistics that are recorded are almost half of all adults living in the United States will experience a mental health challenge at some point over the course of their life. And over the past year, more than one in three adults reported symptoms of anxiety or depression disorder compared to the prior year where it was one in 10 adults. So you can see we're, we're having an exponentially high rate of mental health challenges. So it's very important to know where each of us personally stand with our mental health. Right. And um, like you mentioned, this past year has been hard on everyone across the board, but I can only imagine that that would be heightened even more if you lost someone who is close to you or were dealing with grief on top of it all. And um, like I said, we um, last month we did a podcast on abnormal grief, which I encourage everyone to go listen to that gives a good description on when you know um, how to know if your grief isn't necessarily following um, a healthy road or a normal path. But Rhonda, could you just remind us again, like what is the difference between a normal grief journey and one that would lead to those mental health issues? Yeah, very good point, Katie, because just knowing what's normal can resolve half of the issues with mental health um, in understanding if you have a mental health challenge or if you have a mental health illness. Um, And one of the things with grief is that it looks just like mental health challenges. So you have to have someone to bounce off some of your emotions and feelings with just to check and see if some of these things you're feeling are normal for grief or if they cross over into something that someone needs to help you out with. Um, Like I said, there's there's a lot of similarities with grief. You might have a change in appetite, sleep disturbances, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, But when you're crossing over into a clinical depression, those feelings start to take over your daily functionality. You're not able to do the things that you normally do. 
It impairs your uh, ability to relate to other people and the things that you do in your normal life. So with grief, you might get that in a short-term environment, but when you're crossing over into a depression, it might be something that you're dealing with for months or years. Um, Here's an example. Say, for instance, you have a loss of a loved one um, at the beginning of the year, January, and you grieve that loss of that person. If you are falling over into the depression category, you might carry some of that loss over into your self-worth, and it makes you feel like you're not a worthy person or you're not um, your your goal in life or your uh, purpose is missing. It's absent. So that's a clear delineation when you've crossed over from normal grief. And I use quotations around normal because normal is personal for grief. And whether you've crossed over into an atmosphere where you need to talk to, to a professional, a health professional. Right. And I think a good note to make here also is that um, mental health isn't exclusive to depression either. Um, I think a lot of people manifest mental health in the form of anxiety or um, obsessive compulsive disorder or, you know, a variety of other things. So um, I think depression is probably the most common when we talk about mental illness and grief. But um, I think everything, Rhonda, you just said would apply to anything. If you're having anxiety or you're having these compulsive thoughts that, you know, weren't there before or are becoming more um, imposing, on your everyday life, then that's maybe a sign that you should um, seek some some outside help. So Right. And normal anxiety is something that's healthy. When you're having anxiety, it tells you something is going on in your life that you need to uh, focus your attention on, something that you need to work through. It doesn't mean that you are um, having a mental health illness. It just means this is something that you need to be aware of. So it's your body checking what's going on and telling you this anxiety is a signal something you need to look at. Yeah. So it's only when the anxiety begins to kind of, you know, intrude on your life, right, that you would consider it an illness. Exactly. When it impedes on the normal functioning of your life or relating with other people. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's a really, thank you, Rhonda. I think that's a really good, like, condensed version of this topic. And like I said, everyone, if you're listening and you're interested in kind of discerning the difference between, um, again, quote unquote, normal grief and abnormal grief, we have a whole podcast on that um, from April. But I think now we want to shift the conversation to, okay, let's say you are, or you have a feeling you are struggling with mental illness as a result of your grief. Um, What do you do? And where do you go from here? So we have a kind of five buckets or tips that we can give you that have, you know, little notes on each of them to help guide you out of this. But before we even get started, if you're having any thoughts about harming yourself or others, um, call the suicide prevention hotline or 911 and get that help immediately. Um, these, the tips we're going to talk about are more for, um, you know, kind of extended periods, but if you ever have the urge to harm yourself or others, um, please call one of those hotlines and I'll put them in the description below. Um, But moving back to this conversation, again, we're going to talk about five different tips or kind of things you can do to help combat um, this type of grieving. So um, the first one, and this is one that I think can be challenging for some people, is have an open conversation with your doctor 
or just go see a general practitioner and tell them what you're feeling. Tell them about your situation. Um, if you're having issues with sleep or other, again, like Rhonda said, disturbances in how your body normally is feeling, um, they should know about that. And mental illness is just like a physical illness in that there are um, resources available to you that your doctor can help you with. And the mind and the body are so closely related and you don't want to undermine that either. So I think that would be one of the best things to do if you find yourself kind of going down that road. A second thing you can do is to choose good company or to create a support system for yourself. Uh, it can be family members. It can be friends. Uh, they, but people that are, that, you know, that you're, comfortable with that um, won't have any expectations of you. They won't put any burdens on you. They'll sit and they'll listen to you. They'll be supportive. Uh, they won't judge you. Um, and they will help you actually not feel so alone. There's a lot of times, you know, um, I think all of us have felt um, alone throughout the pandemic, uh, with regards to, uh, quarantining and, and isolating and, uh, not being able to see family and everything. So it's been very, very important, at least for the past year, for those of us who weren't grieving to be able to pick up the phone, call people, text people and have a support system through, through the pandemic. You have to do the same thing with yourself, um, when, when you're dealing with, with your grief. Joel, you know, that's a very good point because um, a major part of the the growth through your grief journey is being able to give a voice to your feelings. And if you don't have anyone supportive to talk to, then all those feelings get bottled up inside and they stay there. And during the pandemic, just think a whole year of bottling up those emotions. It's time to let them out, give them voice and release them. But it has to be like Joel said, with a very supportive, non-judgmental person. Right. Well, and, and how many families, um, in the evening will gather around the dinner table and they'll just talk about their day. Everybody will go around and talk about their day. And it's a way of, um, just kind of getting out whatever frustrations, challenges, or tribulations you might have had throughout the day in an environment where nobody at that dinner table is going to judge you or um, get angry at you or judge you. So um, that you definitely have to have a support system. Right. And I think grief is a time to be your own self-advocate. So if someone is doing the opposite of all those things and making you feel worse or kind of digging you deeper into, um, you know, that those bad places, um, you have permission and you should, you know, maybe distance yourself from those people during this time. Um, even if just temporarily while you're working it out, but, um, you definitely don't want to be, um, you know, trying to handle the negative influence of someone else while also, um, combating your own grief. So, um, that's really important too. Right. Set those boundaries. Right. So um, these first two tips of kind of talking with your doctor, taking care of your physical person, which would include rest, exercise, drinking water, 
and um, being around good supportive people. Those are all kind of like external things you can do, but there's a lot of things you can do like internally and emotionally to help um, kind of process your grief. So um, we have a lot of different podcasts on this already, but obviously you want to be gentle with yourself. You want to be really kind and patient with whatever pace your grief journey is taking you on. Um, There's lots of things you can do like um, journaling and meditating, finding time to pray, um, you know, maybe joining um, some type of prayer group, doing the rosary. And again, um, I can link to some podcasts that just go over um, countless ways to like process that grief. But um, when you talk about your inner person, an important thing to keep in mind is um, just think about grief like any other type of injury where if you broke your arm, you wouldn't want to, you know, start throwing the football around right away. So when you your grief, your your mind is kind of like what's quote unquote broken. So you don't want to be making any big decisions or placing any added stress on yourself during this time. So um, when you're grieving and when you're in those very early stages, um, try to avoid making any major decisions or adding on any extra change. Um, anything you can do to just kind of ease yourself into this new phase of your life, the better just to take some of the stress off of that, um, your psyche in a way. Yeah, I just want to add to the part about journaling or meditating. It's important to get in touch with what your feelings really are. A lot of the time people tend to busy themselves, go about their day and just getting things done um, in a ritualistic manner. It's important to your inner health to stop and look at what's going on. And by journaling, get those feelings out and put them on paper or you can um use art or some other form just to give voice or some outlet to those emotions. Right. And that ties in really nicely to the last tip we're going to give today. And that is just to experience your grief. So like Rhonda said, just being able to name the emotion that you're feeling and embrace it and know that it's valid to feel that way. And you're going to experience so many emotions during your grief journey. So just being able to identify them and accept them as like, that's how I'm feeling in this moment, in this stage of my life is a very healthy thing to do. And um, there's also just other things you can do to make sure you're moving forward and not getting stuck. So just setting really small goals each day or for whatever period of time. But maybe your goal is, you know, I'm going to go outside once a day. That can be a goal. Or I'm going to make sure that I make a meal once a week. And just setting those little kind of marker points for yourself to make sure, okay, I'm experiencing my grief. I'm really connecting with my emotions, but I'm also taking steps to make sure I'm moving forward. Um, I think is a good way to make sure you don't get stuck in that. Well, it gives structure to your day as well. And I think a lot of people throughout the pandemic, uh, again, if uh, maybe you're a retiree throughout the pandemic and, and you've been isolated from family, uh, you haven't done uh, things like go to the grocery store, go to mass, et cetera, et cetera. Just having some structure to your day helps, um, which, you know, goes goes along with what you're saying, you know, getting up at a certain time, uh, going to bed at a certain time, um, planning out, uh, going out, you know, going to get some fresh air, like you said, with the meals, your menu, you know, the just the, the little bit of structure can help help guide you as well, give you a sense of purpose. 
Right. And all those things you just mentioned, Joel, are great things for your physical health. You know, making sure you get enough sleep, spending some time outside and getting vitamin D, um, drinking enough water. So, yeah, like the structure is going to, I think, help you in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of the different tips we've talked about. And um, just a final caveat with everything we've just talked about is um, don't expect for, to do all this at once. Um, grief, we've said multiple times just in this podcast alone, it's a journey. So it's going to take some time. And again, it's just that patience aspect and being kind to yourself and to not push yourself too far too fast while balancing that with, you know, just little steps forward. But um, don't feel like you need to jump right in and, you know, breeze through these different phases because it's, it's individual to the each person. Right. And it's your journey. It's no one else's grief journey. So who knows better than you, what you need to get better. Right. So, um, hopefully, um, again, these are tips to help you cope with grieving, to hopefully avoid, um, any type of severe mental illness. But I also feel like all these tips would also apply to someone who is dealing with a mental illness, you know, like talking to your doctor, finding a good support system, taking care of your physical health and just connecting with yourself internally, whether that's through journaling or meditation or prayer and just taking into account everything you're feeling. Um, so whatever stage in your grief journey you're in right now, um, whether you're actively grieving or, you know, along your journey, or maybe you're someone who is struggling with a mental health illness, um, just know that we're here to support you however we can. And there are so many more tools available um, out there in the world today. And we'll make sure to link some of those in the description of this podcast. But um, Rhonda and Joel, do either of you have closing thoughts before we finish up here? No, I think it's just really important for people to be advocates for themselves. And it might be hard if you do have a mental health challenge, but just pay attention to what your body's telling you, what your your heart, what your spirit is telling you and follow that lead and just take the steps to improve, improve your mental health. All right. Well, thank you, Rhonda and Joel, um, for this discussion today. And thank you for everyone who is listening. Hopefully this podcast will help um, either you as the listener or if you send it to someone who you think um, might need to hear some of this information. Like I said, we will um, link some resources in the description of this podcast. And you can also find resources on our website on our bereavement page. And that can be found at www.clecem.org. Um, as always, you can keep up with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Cleveland Catholic Cemeteries. And if you have any topics you um, ever want us to discuss on the podcast or um, whether they're about bereavement resources, a grief topic, or um, even anything about the Catholic Cemeteries Association in general, you can send those questions to email at, po or, sorry, at podcast at clecem.org and we keep all of those emails completely anonymous when we answer those questions on air thanks Katie and Rhonda for joining us today and thank you to listeners for uh, taking a few minutes of, uh, out of their day to listen to us hopefully you join us again next month and until then take care everyone <laughs>